in the northern part of Nigeria in, in 1987, we had uh, the burning of all the churches in, in Zaria, including the churches on campus. Eventually, all the churches in Zaria was burnt. And then in 1988, when I was in 100 level, praise the Lord, we had a meeting and um, because of that religious crisis, we were forced to be together, all right? And our unity paid off when there was a crisis on our campus. It was a political crisis that degenerated into a religious crisis, all right? Uh, what simply happened was that we had, um, we had an election and a Christian brother his name is called Tinawudi, and a Muslim contested to become the SUG, what do you call it? SUG, student union, student union president. And uh, the Muslim boy happens to be the son of uh, the then minister of petroleum, the one woman. So he came with all the paraphernalia of the office of the father. And uh, but this other guy who was a Christian brother. A, a wonderful brother because we don't have knife uh, first, we have what is called the FCS. So he was one of our brethren in the FCS. And he came to disrupt our uh, uh, our fellowship because the Christian brother won. Then he came and uh, they entered into the assembly hall. The assembly hall is like uh, what you have as your uh, Mahmoud Hall, right? something as big as that, very close to the city building. That's where the Christians were using because they already going to jump. So they came and they, they started saying Allah Akbar inside the and we were having a fellowship at that time. And then something like uh, ICJC was what was going on. And then they did that and I remember one of the brothers that was leading that time you know, he was a master student, and it was that day he told us that uh, when God promises revival, he doesn't always come by peace. That without the shedding of blood, there is no revival. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and by the time we finish, by the time we brother come to tell us, he told, he told everybody, including the university authority, that they have slapped the right cheek and they have, they have also they have turned the left and they have slapped the left cheek and there is no other cheek to be mentioned in the Bible that should be slapped. So we marched us out and we started singing the church is marching out and go to hell and not be there. And the battle began around 10 o'clock at night. So by the time the Christian student died, we discovered that actually the Christian students were more than the Islamic students. And they be, by the time we counted ourselves, we were over 10,000. And the Muslim students also went to the mosque, and gathered at the mosque, they were about 8,000. So we faced each other. Well, to short the long story cut, to cut the long story short. 
that day, it became clear that we need our unity. Praise the Lord. Because that was the day that Islam knew that they did not have prerogative to violence, that Christians can be more violent. I have never seen how the Holy Ghost can help us in battle like that. Amen. Because the sister that led a prayer, you know, somehow, what we started to fight, let me confess to you. We were small, small boys, jumping to them, and then we So we don't know our left from right. And I used to have a senior sister then, who tied our clothes with mine. I said, before you get lost, I will approve you. And when the battle started, we discovered that somehow, maybe you have just dropped some very sharp stones close to where the Christians are. And that was the stone we were using. They came with knife, they came with everything. It was a very terrible time. It was very, very terrible. Initially, we dealt with all the brothers, and the sisters came out. So the sisters were shouting, and then they were fighting. And they were saying, brothers, don't be a coward. Come out and fight for Jesus. And I remember that my roommate then called them inside the bush and said, you know what? You better go out and help these people. So we came out. And somehow, the Holy Ghost just divided all of us. Some people were praying. Some people were fighting. Some people were uh, bringing drinks, praise the Lord. Because all the kiosk that was in the they had broken it and then they served the brother. They were giving brothers cold. She went to the couple and with biscuits to go and just go. I was like, and then the sister did all the cool do. I'm only telling you today that our unity is very important. And I'm telling you a life story. They didn't tell me this, I was there. 1988, And then I remember that the sister did so fantastically. And she, they were headed by one sister called Sister Tessie. And that sister, they had already told her that she's going to die that day. That they're going to kill her. Every time they see her, they're going to kill her. The Muslims have told her. And I've never seen a sister that is that bold. And she told them, that what? I know I'm going to die for Jesus, but I will not go into heaven. Praise God. She had organized herself. She had about four knives on her jeans. And she said, that, well, before I go down, I will make sure that at least four Muslims will take them like this to heaven. I said, Father, I will be coming to heaven. I brought some infidels. You know, when I see some of us today, I just imagine that some of us will not understand what the depth of what we have accepted. I'm not teaching you violence, but I'm teaching you goodness in Christ Jesus and why we have to be together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Of course, you know that that night the school was closed, but nobody can come and stop the fight. The vice chancellor has run away, the registrar has run away. Alright, the deal for students affairs that are now translation of the result has run away. Police has been told not to enter campus until 72 hours after the riot. So we had good time to deal with ourselves. Alright? <laughs> 
Praise the Lord. And one of the things I want to tell you is that I thank God because our unity was brought together. The sister that was leading the prayer was a deeper life sister. And she was also the one packing the stones. Alright? So when they take the stone to her, she will say, Brethren, let us pray. In the name of Jesus, this stone will break head. It will break home. It will cause destruction. Now she was in. Yeah. Yeah. It's because you people is called in the south. If you live in the north, you live as though you will die before you go. Death was no longer, we're no longer afraid of it. I remember that sister very well. One of the first things she said, you an engineer. And she was the one. Then anybody that is not born again, once you have the battery for them, they will call you back and say, Are you born again? You say, Mm hmm, say, Me, come here. Put your hand down. Then she will lay hands on you. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, in case this one had to lay down his life, let him make heaven. I said, Confess after me. Lord Jesus, I am the Christ. Those are the things Okay? And I remember that several fellowships, all the fellowships were ably represented. And we make sure that our unity was together. That is the power of unity. And that was the day that Islam knew that they don't mess up with Christians. Praise the Lord. Because at the end of the battle, it was 1 to 50. 50 Muslims were injured. Only one Christian was injured. Alright? And the Christians were so ordinary. Alright? Up to the point that by the morning, when the mobile police came in, and uh, they came in mufti, and they went to the Muslim student. Of course, I must tell you that we got to the mosque, but there was no chair there to go. So <laughs> it was only math and the math, but we'll make sure that we danced very well inside the mosque. I called and we took over the mic instead of saying Allah about and saying Jesus is not here. Alright, and then they felt so bad, they felt so their ego were bent. The point I'm trying to tell you is this. Our unity cannot be compromised. There are times when, whether you know it or not, whatever denomination you belong to, you are forced a member of the Christ. Are we together? Yes, sir. So let's not compromise our unity. Let's know that things can happen. It's because here we don't have anything running after us, isn't it? But there. The Aousa boy does not know whether you are a Catholic or you are a Methodist. He will burn off the churches as much as he can burn it. Are we together? So we were forced to be together and to recognize that we are members of the body of Christ. So the first thing I want to tell you tonight, why I gave you that story, is to tell you that our unity is not negotiable. Please let me tell you We cannot negotiate our unity. We've got to be together. And the Lord will keep us together in the name of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Do you enjoy my story? Okay. Now, let's go to what has brought us here. 
reflect Christ in ministry. Praise the Lord. Tonight. 
Let's look at the scripture, 1 Corinthians, the 2 Corinthians. I want to start from 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Praise the Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Can I get a fast reader to help? Because we're going to read 2 Corinthians chapter 2. We're going to read chapter 3. And then we're going to end it in chapter 4. Praise the Lord. And I will be bringing out one or two things from those scriptures. Let's start with 2 Corinthians chapter 2. And can somebody begin to read from verse 12? No, we're Okay. Good. Now, now, are we with our Bibles? Yes, sir. Are you where she is? Yes, sir. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse uh, 12. 12. Go ahead. Yeah. Thank you. Good afternoon. Okay. I still have no peace of mind because I did not find my brother Titus there. Now, what did he say he doesn't have? So, now, but I, I, I like you to begin to look at the mindset of Brother Paul here. Praise the Lord. He said, Now, when I arrived to us to preach the good news of Christ, even though a door of opportunity opened for me in the Lord, opened for me in the Lord, my spirit could not rest. Because I did not find my brother there. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Yeah, continue, my sister. So I said goodbye to them. Now, what did he say to them? Goodbye. Talk to me. Goodbye. goodbye. Why did he say goodbye? He couldn't find Brother Titus, isn't it? And yet, doors of opportunity were opened to him, correct? But his spirit was not at rest because he couldn't find his fellow worker. May God take you to that point. Amen. May you have the right mindset when it comes to ministry. Amen. You know that ministry is not catching opportunities. Are you following me here? But it is the care of life. Hallelujah. Now, can you see the mindset of Paul? He said an opportunity was there for me to preach. An open door the Lord has given me. He said, but my heart was troubled because I couldn't find my brother. May God give us such hearts. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now go ahead, my sister. And went on to Macedonia. But yeah. thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ. Good. And through, and through us spreads everywhere the fervence of the knowledge of him. Mm -hmm. For we are to God the aroma of Christ. Now, 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 now just look up, look up here a bit. Here the Bible says, But thanks be to God, I'm reading the Amplified Version, it says, Thanks be to God, who always leads us in triumph in Christ. And through us spread and make evidence everywhere the words, the sweet, Pregnant of the knowledge of him. What a minister is supposed to be emanating is the sweet fragrance of Christ, of the knowledge of Christ. Praise the name of the Lord. That is what should be coming out of you. Now, do you know the meaning of the sweet fragrance? 
Talk to me. What is the meaning? He's talking about a perfume. You know, when you take, take your bath and you put up the perfume, that perfume, after some times, your own nose will be acclimatized to it. Correct? But anybody that meets you will perceive that you are wearing something, isn't it? And they will perceive the aroma. Now, that is what God expects to be emanating from us. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, in liking the knowledge of Christ to what? To a sweet fragrance that is supposed to be coming from us as believers. And the question I want to leave with you here at this point is that what is coming out of you? Are we together? Talk to me. What is coming out of you? Because by the example of a fragrance, I foresee that what God wants to be coming out of us is a strength of character rather than noise. Are you following me? Now because it is your perfume that speaks for itself. Talk to me. It is, you don't need to tell somebody that this is the kind of perfume I am wearing, isn't it? Yes. If it is a real perfume, it's going to come out of its own accord. Is that, is that right? So, when you get there, or when you move, that perfume speaks for itself. May your character speak for you. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Continue, my sister. For we are to God. The aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and to those who are perishing. To the one we are the smell of death, to other the fragrance of life. And who is equal to such a task? Unlike so many, we do not peddle the word of God for profit. He said the aroma that is coming out of us is an aroma of life to those that are to be saved, isn't it? But it is also what? An aroma of death. Praise the name of the Lord. He said, who is sufficient in themselves other than God? Then he said, for we are not like some brethren that they do the work of God with insincerity. Let me read it in, in, uh, in uh, Amplified verse 17. He said, For we are not like many, acting like merchants, peddling God's word, changing and adopting God's message, but from pure, uncompromised motive, as commissioned and sent by God, we speak his message in Christ in the sight of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, do you know the meaning of the scripture? What Paul was telling them here is that, you know, he started by saying we are double aroma, isn't it? Some people perceive us and they perceive the smell of life. And some other people that are perishing, they perceive what? The smell of death. Now, one thing I want you to understand here is that in exhuming the aroma of Christ, you are going to exhume two aromas. 
people are going to have your aroma in two ways. Some are going to have it and it will be an aroma of life. Why to others is going to be an aroma of death. But you see, Paul now brought up something here. He said, but we are not like many brothers who meddle and peddle with the word of God. Do you know why he got, he, he got to that conclusion? It was because when the aroma of death started coming out, some other brethren, because they do not belong to the popular front, their message changed. Mm. And let me tell you this. In the time that we are in now, it is a stage of compromise. And I want to tell you, beloved, that this is not the time for your message to change. Some of the brothers that Brother Paul was talking about here, they were major brethren. In fact, if you read the book of Corinthians, it got so bad that Paul, the message of Paul, was completely undermined because of the popular message. Are you hearing me? Yes, sir. And he put forward a test there. He said, our message, look at that last part. He said, but from pure uncompromised motive, as commissioned and sent from God, we speak his message in Christ in the sight of God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Do you know the meaning of that? It means that we preach what we are preaching with integrity of heart, knowing fully well that this is a message of life. He said, our motive was pure. Praise the name of the Lord. So, it is not only that they had a mindset to give the people the message of Christ, their motive of going about preaching the message was also that if they stand before God, they can say, God, you sent me. I see this here. Let me talk to you. Don't run program that God didn't send you to. Don't run program because you want to be popular. Let me tell you this. Our unity is more stronger than our individuality. It was because it is not your fellowship alone that will lead to revival. That's where others were raised by God. Am I talking to you? Yes, sir. The time has come when the grace is that so many people want to do the popular thing. And I want to encourage all of you as leaders today that make sure that what you preach, you can stand before God and preach the same message. As a matter of fact, can I show you? You don't preach to people you preach to be assessed by God. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. You preach because I have come to realize with my years as a pastor that there are messages that bless the head of the people but it does not enter into their spirit. Yes, sir. 
up and say, are you blessed? Say, yes, we are blessed. Don't be carried in the madness of men. The person that will assess what you have done is Christ and Christ alone. And make sure that your motive of preaching is not just because you want to be the happening fellowship in town. Am I insulting your intelligence? Because those are the problems that we have in the body of Christ today. And I kept asking myself the question, where did we get all this nonsense from? Praise the name of the Lord. Where did we get it from? The letter of Paul started with the division that was in the church of Corinth. Isn't it? How that the people allowed so many things. I say, me, I'm a Paul. Eh, me, I'm of uh, Cephas. And you go, ah, Apollos now. You know? And we, we, we are rightly dividing the world. Let me tell you this. Nobody is wrongly dividing the world. Praise the name of the Lord. Let it be known to you that your motive must be right. When you organize a program, just, just, don't just organize the program because you want to program. Praise the Lord. Don't put yourself in such a suit. Paul said, our message is the uncompromising war because we preach Christ. And that takes me to the message. Your message must be Jesus. Praise the Lord. Brethren, are you following me tonight? Your message must be what? Must be Jesus. And I'm going to share some very secret things with you today. Praise the Lord. Your message must be pure. Paul said it. He said, but from pure uncompromising motives, as commissioned and sent from God, we speak his message in Christ in the sight of God. Did he say in the sight of men? Talk to me. Did he say in the sight of men? He said in the sight of God. In other words, what we are preaching is a product of what God asks us to preach, whether it is popular or not. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. My wife showed me something yesterday about uh, a music minister. I'm sorry to use this example. A, a music minister that uh, a man of God, uh, the brother finished uh, singing, and then the pastor said, you are going to be a billionaire before you leave this altar. And said, everybody come and raise money for him. And they were able to raise one million, you know, for that brother. Now, I don't have any problem raising one million for him. I have a problem with the shoe. Did you hear me? I have a problem with what? With the shoe. Because the question I ask myself is this. What the shoe? Why do we have to do that? I am not against, if you like, if you, if you, if you man has blessed you, bless him. There's no problem about that. But for people to now say, to now send up the value, and I ask myself, now, the danger of this is this. The moment a sister finished preaching, she will be expecting that we should raise a phone for her. Talk to me, please. 
Paul said, if all I have to give is in this book, then I am of all men the most miserable. Let me be honest with you. God knows how to bless you without a show. Let's redeem this show in the body of Christ. And let's do the real thing. Amen. Amen. What is supposed to be our message? It's supposed to be Jesus. In the sight of God, not in the sight of men. Don't let anybody prop up your ego because you are preached. And don't let men carry you in their apples. They carry it in the apples of angels. Mm. There are messages that you will preach and nobody will say that was a wonderful one, but everyone knows that you have done well. Where are we going with all this show? Why are we propping up the ego in somebody and not allowing Bible says, if you are proud before God, it is God Himself that will resist you. And I told them, that is why most of those music ministers, they will start from the church and they will end in the world. Yes, because a lot of them have been carried beyond who they are. That you see fantastically does not mean that you shouldn't have a pastor. So these are the things. In whose side, now from today, when you are going to preach, when you are going to minister, ask yourself, this minister I'm about to preach, in whose sight? In the sight of the people, so that they can raise you up, so that they can tell you, oh, bro, you are really, really anointed. Ah, you are revived. You are doing well. Is that what you want to hear? And there are some of us, when we are finished preaching, when we are finished delivering what God has asked us to deliver, nobody will even preach and say, brother, was wonderful. And then we will sit down and we will think, she will be amazed me. I think you are anointing me. No, only, only, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Don't, don't preach for sure. Don't preach because of a certain way. Ah, my body. Ah, my life. Oh, she. No. What God has asked you to do is what you should do. And I have a secret for all of you. Let your message be in the sight of God. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. I read the scripture today in First Corinthians chapter 3. And Paul was talking and he said, I by the grace of God, I am a master builder, for I have laid a foundation. And every man that builds on it should know what he is building on it. And when I got to that part, I stopped and I said, Oh, how am I building? He said, For the fire shall test the work of everybody. And then he said, Some people's work are of gold. Some of silver, some of precious gold, some of wood, some of hay, some of grass. And then I went back to the book of Hebrew and I read through the entire book of Hebrew how the temple is built, what the temple meant. And then I went back to the book of Exodus to see how God spoke to Moses. 
to how to build a tabernacle. What must be laid with gold? What must be done? What must be the way things ought to be done? And he started asking, what are we building with in our generation today? Because you see, the crops of Christians that are developing now doesn't seem to understand what the Bible is all about. In fact, I salute their bravery in denying the word of God and yet they are standing by it. It is not madness. How could somebody come up and be telling us that once you are saved, you are forever saved? Where did you get that from? Which Bible have you read? Bro, are you, are you following me? Sir. Which Bible have you read? Hear this. Any message you will preach, let it be in the sight of God. Let it be that if God brings you to question, did I tell you to say that? You should be able to say, yes, Lord, this is what I feel, or this is what I perceive you are saying. That will caution a lot of madness going on. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Am I talking to you tonight? Yes, Let's go to chapter 3. Are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Or do we need like some people, letters of recommendation to you, yeah. now, or from you. I, I want us to be very careful in this, in, in reading this. Now, you see, he's talking, he was talking from chapter 2, alright? He has entered into chapter 3. And I asked the question, are we starting to commend ourselves again? Or do we need, like some, some false teachers, letters of recommendation to you, all from you. He said, no. You are our letters of recommendation written in our heart, recognized and read by everyone. Praise the Lord. Please read it in that version. You yourselves are our letter written on our hearts, known and read by everybody. Now wait, wait, wait. What is the meaning of that? He said, we do not have to be waiting for commendation. He said, you are our what? Our own letter. Written in our hearts. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Recognized and read by everybody. In the name of Jesus. May your message transform lives. Amen. The true essence of a message is when lives are, done, are, are touched. It's not when the people commend you. Paul said, You are our own letter of recommendation. How much your life has changed. And let me tell you this, that must also be your motive if you are going to be a minister. Your motive must be, what has my message achieved in the lives of men? Praise the name of the Lord. What has my message brought to people? What 
has changed. Let me share something with you. In the book of Exodus, something happened. When God spoke to Moses, God asked him to come. And when Moses went to the mountain, the Bible says for seven days the Lord did not attend to him. Are we together? And then he entered into the cloud. And he remained there for 40 days before God. I do not know what God spoke to him. But when Moses was to come down, the Lord used his hand. Isn't it? To inscribe on the tablet. Praise the Lord. And he gave it to Moses. When Moses came down, you know, before he got to the ground, God had already told him that your people have messed up themselves. Correct? And when he got down, the moment Moses saw the iniquity of the people, what did he do? He broke that Ten Commandments. And then, after all the issue, the Lord asked him to come up again. Is that correct? And when he come up again, he spent another 40 days. Is that right? But the second time, the Lord did not write it with his hand. He asked Moses to write it. Now, my worry is this. Ten commandments is ten sentences. It doesn't take 40 days to say it. Is that correct? Ah, is that not? God doesn't have to spend 40 days to tell you, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. It doesn't take 40 days. But that, when Moses came down the second time, the Bible says his face was shining. Is that correct? And then, while the glory is fading away, he will use a veil to cover his face. In chapter 3 here, the Bible told us about that veil. That up till this moment, when they are reading the law, the veil is upon their heart. Have you asked yourself, what is the correlation between the eyes of Moses and the heart of the people? Hey, wait. That till then, what the veil is upon the eyes of Moses, it is tantamount to the heart of the people they do. But you will realize that that tablet that he brought, that he wrote himself, never entered into the heart of the people. He taught them to become a Pharisee until Christ came and removed the veil and wrote with the Spirit. Yes, on the tablets of their hearts. May I tell you this? If you preach your message, the people's mind 
will be blessed. Their heart will not change. The law brought religion out of the people. It never brought spirituality. Until the Lord himself engrafted the world in the hearts of men. And I kept asking myself, which minister do you want to be? The one that wrote on the minds of men or the one that imprints the word of God in the hearts of men? I want to introduce you. Which kind of minister do you want to be? And that is exactly what uh, chapter 3 was explained. He said, You are our letters. It is when you communicate the message of Christ that is when lives are touched. And that must be your desire as a minister that wants to reflect Christ. That must be your move. I say, God, help me so that the people's heart will be touched. Are we not surprised that we have so many fellowships on campus when the are with is in prison? You don't understand? I have to tell the brother, I said, look, if care is not taken, some of our fellowship will be to ordain the Amu boys as experts. Oh yes, he will. Because they never understood what life meant and reaching out to lives. They never understood it. Now I'm trusting the Lord that from today we begin to understand. Amen. That the Lord will begin to grant you understanding. Amen. So Paul said, you are our message. What should bother you is what become of the lives you are reaching out to. That is what should be your motive if you are actually going to reflect Christ. Hallelujah. What becomes of the people you are ministering to? My sister, can you continue this question? You show that you are a letter from Christ, mm -hmm. the result of our ministry, yeah. written not with ink, mm. but with the Spirit of the Living God, Hallelujah. not on tablet of stone, mm. but on tablet of human hearts. Hallelujah. Such confidence as this is ours mm. through Christ yeah. before God. Continue. Not that we are competent in ourselves mm. to claim anything for ourselves. Mm. But our confidence comes from God. Yeah. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant. Now, praise the Lord. Now, do you see what the minister of the new covenant is all about? He is a minister that preaches Christ. Praise the Lord. He is a minister who has evidence of his ministry in the transformation of the lives that he has in Am I talking to you? So if, therefore, you are going to be a minister that reflects Christ, we are only going to know by the class or the lives of the people whom your life is reaching out to. But of course, if you do not have that life, you cannot give it to anybody. Praise the name of the Lord. If you don't have that life, you cannot give it to anybody. We will still, we will still get there. Please continue, my sister. 
not of the letter, but of the spirit. Yeah. For the letter kills, yeah. but the spirit gives life. Yeah. Now, if the ministry has brought death, mm. which was engraved in letters on stone, came with glory, so that the Israelites could not move steadily at the face of Moses because of his glory, fading though it was, Will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? How much more, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? Mm. For what as glorious, okay, for what was glorious as no glory, mm. now in comparison with surpassing glory. Good. And if what was fading away came with glory, how much greater is the glory of that which lasts? Mm. Therefore, since we have such hope, we are very bold. We are very bold, yeah. We are not like Moses, mm. who would put a veil over his face to keep the Israelites from gazing at it mm. while the radiance was fading away. Yeah. But their minds were made dull. Mm. For to this day, the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. Mm. It has not been removed, because only in Christ is it taken away. Even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we, who with veiled, now we, who with unveiled faces, all reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed into His likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Praise the Lord. He said, and we all, with our dead faces, continuously seeing as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are progressively being transformed. Praise the Lord. So, the extent to which you reflect God is the extent to which God is reflected in you is to the extent to which you are also looking at God. Bro, what is your focus? Who are you looking at? What is your focus? You know, recently I called, I had to cause to call one of my, one young guy in my, in my college. Young boy, serious for the Lord, and I called him, and what did I see? I just suddenly noticed that um, his hairstyle has changed. And I said, what did you do? You know, he said, sir, you know, I'm following you. And I said, come. I'm not averse to who you are following. I'm averse to what you are copying. Because that man of God, it is not his hairstyle that made him. If you are watching football and you go and back the hairstyle of Ronaldo, does that make you Ronaldo? <laughs> you don't understand. So I said, copy the right thing. First of all, copy the anointing. Before, <laughs> before you copy the hairstyle. It just shows that what you are looking for in that man is not the correct thing. Because it was not the CS kind that made him. He was made by the anointing. 
<laughs> when you get to the level of that anointing, if you like, be shaving your head and have a Praise the Lord. <laughs> do, do you understand what I'm saying? What should be your focus? Jesus should be your focus if you are going to reflect him. Bible says, as we gaze on him, we are perpetually being what? Transformed into his image from one level of glory to another level. That is how to reflect Christ. Your focus must be Christ and him alone. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Where are those things that says anything I want to do, I will first of all ask myself, is if Jesus is in my shoe, will he do that? Do you think I'm going to say? Will he do that? He won't do it. Praise the name of the Lord. He will not do that. And if Jesus will not do it, then you are not supposed to be found doing it. Because we constantly put our gaze on him. Praise the Lord. And as we put our gaze on him, we are what? We are transfigured. Bible said we are transformed from one level of glory to what? To another one. And as we are transformed, the people that hear us will be transformed. Read the book of First. First Timothy chapter 4. No, but don't go there. Don't go there. You read it very carefully. Paul said, That which you have heard of me amongst many witnesses. He said, Commit unto others. He said, And by you and by you. He said, Teach them these things. He said, By so doing, you will both save yourself and them that hears you. You cannot save anybody if you are not saved. Neither can anybody translate into Christ if you yourself you don't have Jesus as your focus. Who are you looking at? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Who do you want to be like? Who are you copying? Bible said, looking unto Jesus, the author and what? And the finisher. The meaning of the author is the beginner and the end. You don't have to look at anybody in between. Praise the Lord. Let me begin to run. Now go to chapter 4. Reverend, am I talking to you tonight? Yes, sir. Uh, I hope my voice is not too hard. Yes, because we are preparing to go somewhere. Praise the Lord. Chapter 4. Now. Therefore. Therefore. Now, you know the word therefore is based on what we have been seeing. Therefore. Continue. Since through God's mercy. We have received this ministry. Through God's mercy, we have received this ministry. We do not lose heart. We do not lose heart. Rather, Rather. we have renounced secrets and shameful ways. Huh? We do not use deception. Now, wait, wait, wait. Let's, let's analyze as we are going. He said, seeing that we have this ministry, we have what? We do not lose what? No matter the pressure around you, don't lose hands. The reason why we're saying that is because now people don't teach Christ. 
they preach message that sounds good in the hands of people. Don't do that. If you say your best deception, not that we distort the word of God, nor do we do what? Distort the word of God. Now, what does it mean to distort the word of God? To change the word of God. Let me give you an example. Those days when we were growing up, there was a preacher that came to one of our churches and he, he brought a message. That time, 20 Naira was still the highest denomination in Nigeria. So he wanted to collect over. And he said, open to Psalm 23. And we all opened it. And he said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be. He made it me to lie down where? Yeah. 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 Said he made it me to lie down where? Yeah. 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 And he says, some of you have been lying down in your red pastures. Yeah. Yeah. You know the color of the uh, <laughs> <laughs> You know, you know the color of Second, some of you have been lying down in purple pasture. He said, For now, he needed me, <laughs> he made me to lie down where? So if you want to lie down in green pasture, come up with the green colors. Oh, you need to see the new brain in the game. But they want to lie down and play pastures. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Let me tell you this. Earlier than now, Paul said they let her kill it. But the spirit does what? He was lying. There are messages that you will hear that you will know that this one is not coming from the archive of the Spirit. It's coming because there is an intention that will go about it. The man of God told the brother, who eventually met him, that uh, I want you to be given to the poor. And then he told them that any time you want to give to the poor, Make sure that you have your phone with you. And then you give to the poor and give your phone to somebody and let him recover. And they require not joking. He told me here. And the recorded message should be straight sent into a central server in the church for the church to broadcast it. And I said, where did you hear that from? So the brother took the only 5,000 in his hand and saw one woman by the roots <laughs> and said, Yeah, Madame Tink. And the woman said, Yes, I take it. And every morning the woman would come close to his house. Brought to the jail. 
Now nobody is against giving. But one must still be recorded and sent to the central server of the church in Lagos to be broadcasted. And so when the brother brought out camera, I'm not to the woman said, no, 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 my husband must not know that I'm begging. May you not be found in that kind of nonsense. Amen. He said, we do not peddle with the word of God. Neither do we have something else in our mind. I preach. I was really tell them in the temple. I said, look, there is a difference between church uh, membership drive and evangelism. If you are doing membership drive, you want to increase the number of people in the church. If you are doing evangelism, you don't do evangelism because you want to increase the number of people in the church. Evangelism is to increase the body of Christ. If you win a soul in Christ's life and the soul finds its way to redeem, you didn't lose anything. If you really understood what it means to be a member of the body of Christ. Paul said, I Paul, I plant. Apollo does what? Waters. It is God that gives the increase. Praise the name of the Lord. It is God that gives the increase. So we must understand that. All because we want to achieve an aim. Let us not twist scriptures. Because you want to get some. Because hear this today, the letter kills. If you bring revelation here, yeah, there is no revelation. You will kill the people. Praise the name of the Lord. You are only putting a veil in their hearts. Very soon, that veil, by the time it removes from their face, they will not see you as the people. Praise the Lord. Continue, my sister. On the contrary. On the contrary. By setting forth the truth plainly. By setting forth the truth plainly. We commend ourselves to every man's conscience. We commend ourselves to every man's conscience. In the sight of God. In the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled. Even if our gospel is veiled. It is veiled to those who are perishing. It is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded their minds. Yes. The minds of the unbelievers, mm-hmm. so that they cannot see the light of the gospel uh-huh. of the glory of Christ, yeah. who is the image of God. Yes. For we do not preach ourselves, mm-hmm. but Jesus Christ as Lord. Jesus only is Jesus only is your message. Bro, preach Jesus and be crucified. Let me tell you. Jesus only is our message. Don't give us overbloated revelation. Paul said, we speak plainly. Huh? Uh, 
And the point is that let nobody take your heart away from the simplicity that is in Christ Jesus. A lot of times some people are giving me heavy revelation. I always ask, what has this revelation? What is it going to do with my going to heaven? They say, ah no, 66 book of the Bible go away. There are other books. I said, bro, will this 66 take me to heaven? <laughs> <laughs> I don't need another one. Because even this is this is I'm not finished reading it. Praise the name of the Lord. Jesus is our message. Let me tell you this. The revelation about Jesus is inexhaustible. Preach Jesus. Bro, don't preach yourself. That is what we don't preach yourself. Ha, preach Jesus and Him crucified. Don't, 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 don't start telling us. Hmm. You know, uh, the other day I just laid hand on that sick, and the hand, I mean, the, the, I mean, cancer was just flowing out. Cancer was, at the end of the message. We saw no more. We never saw Jesus. And at the end of your preaching, so many people are coming around you and say, bro, I just want you to invite me. That is what has brought the stupidity that we have in the body of Christ today. That even some of these are my young men who are supposed to be learning, they have so many to come up. And I used to tell them, you want to die in <laughs> It's true, you are not married, you are already papa. So what will you become if you become a grandfather? <laughs> you will become his, his eminence. <laughs> Look, here is my problem. If Jesus is our message, we will have a common ground. Because look at me very well and hear this today. What binds us together is not love, it's truth. It is the truth. If, if it is Jesus you believe, you will find the common ground. It is if what you believe is not Jesus, that is when our ground will not be the same. Let Jesus be your message. I do not bother myself with genealogies. I pray Jesus and you will survive. I want to find out the revelation about Christ. Bible says that you may increase in the knowledge of Him. The knowledge of Jesus is inexhaustible. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. I was reading the book of Hebrews today and I found out that Jesus was likened to Melchizedek. Are you with me? And that took me to the Old Testament. Who is this Melchizedek? Who is he? Let me know about him. Praise the name of the Lord. He was talking about a, the priesthood of Christ. That is what I want to know. He said Christ has entered into the holiest of all. By his own body, he sacrificed. I began to understand the meaning of covenant in Christ Jesus. And I began to see that there are some certain things that are not permitted to happen to me on the ground of covenant. Are you with me? Because the meaning of covenant is when two people 
are in blood agreement. The law of covenant says that what happens to one must necessarily happen to the other. Yes, sir. So if sickness comes to me by force, it must also affect Jesus Christ. In the same breath, if sickness cannot affect Jesus, then we don't have right to me. Yes, sir. That is what the Bible talked about. I want to understand the covenant that is operating upon my life so that I can know what is meant for me to ask for. Not to be asking for a revelation that does not give me away. Not to be propping out, not to be asking for revelation that we that we make that we make me to be propped up. Then I kept asking myself, what is the meaning of all this? Jesus is your message, bro. I'm preaching my preaching word. Will you preach Christ? Light will come. Praise the name of the Lord. When you go to your fellowship and go and find time to sit down and understand Jesus. Praise the Lord. Because Jesus is the message. Amen. Amen. Between Old Testament and New Testament, which one existed first? The New Testament is in existence before the Old Testament. Because the New Testament is the real thing. The Old Testament is the shadow. Are you with me? So, when you are reading the Old Testament, always look for the replica of it in the New Testament. Because the Old Testament is an language. The New Testament is the right worship. And Jesus is the message. Are you following me? Jesus is the message. In every Old Testament, you will see Jesus there. You will see Jesus there. Just recently, I was sharing with our brethren, talking about the when Isaiah said, In the day that Isaiah died, and I saw the Lord, and his high and lifted up, and his trail was filled with temple, and the angels were shouting, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. And uh, he said, And I look at myself, and I say, Woe is me, for I am undone. For I am a man of an unclean lips, because I pray in the midst of the ground. I was finding the replica of that in the New Testament. And I discovered that Jesus was who Isaiah saw. The exalted Christ was who Isaiah saw. And from that day, something happened to Isaiah that changed his life. When you see Jesus, your life must change. He said, He said, and the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? There is liberty. Isaiah was liberated. And when Isaiah was liberated, the war came. Who shall we see? And who shall we lose? The moment you are liberated in Christ, you become a minister of the gospel. Yes, sir. You are being sent. And there is difference between who shall be sent and who shall go for us. When you are sent, you can be sent as an emissary. When you, when you go for us, you become an ambassador. Yes, sir. Are you following me? That is what Christ has made us. So I don't need to be saying, Oh God, oh God, show me the vision like you show Isaiah. That is not necessary. 
Because what you will see now is the glorified Jesus. And once you see the glorified Jesus, the same experience of Isaiah will be with the suffering. That is your message. Jesus only is our message. We must preach him. We must tell the world. Every time you are looking for revelation in the Bible, look for the revelation of Jesus Christ. Jesus will always reveal himself to you. Praise the name of the Lord. Jesus will, will naturally reveal himself to you. When he got to Abraham, he revealed himself. And how did he reveal himself? Bible said, God told him, go and sacrifice your son on the mountain of Moriah because I want to bring out something. Praise the Lord. And when he got to, the meaning of Moriah simply means the mountain of creation. And when he got there, he was about to slaughter Isaac. And the Bible said, the angels stopped. There is a lamp that is caught in the ticket. Whose life must go for your own son to live? Praise the name of the Lord. Now, where was that lamp when Abraham got there? Who got there? Who got to that mountain first? Abraham or Abraham? The ram, isn't it? The ram was there before Abraham came. Is that right? Yes, sir. And the ram, what is it? The ram was caught in the ticket, isn't it? Yes, the ram was held by force, by something. It is therefore no surprise that it was Jesus that took your place. That same ram was the Lord Jesus Christ that appeared for Abraham, even when he doesn't know him. No wonder when they were talking about Abraham in the gospel, Jesus said, Before Abraham was, I was there now, I was following him. Praise the name of the Lord. When you have Mount Sinai, Mount, uh, Mount, uh, Mount on the mountain of the Lord, what are you talking about? It is this Jesus. Because it was the mountain that kept following the people. They will go to a place and they will see a mountain in front of them. They will know that that was Jesus. That was why when Moses attempted to strike the rock twice, he had to fail his plan. Because Jesus cannot die twice. Jesus is your message, brother. Look for a revelation of Jesus and apply it to your life. Hallelujah. And by that same token, you don't need to strike the rock for water to come out of you. Speak to the rock and water will come out. Praise the name of the Lord. Because Jesus has been smitten and things must work for you. Shout hallelujah to Jesus. Jesus is your message. Look for the revelation of Christ and apply it. That is what changes life, brother. It is not genealogy. It is not big grammar. It is not trying to impress the people. Press the name of the Lord. Can I stop it? If Jesus is your best position, you don't believe Because he has to make sure that you may be rich. God will make provisions for you. Things will work well for you. That is what it means to preach Jesus. Will you preach the Lord? Yes, sir. 
fellowship with us? Will you be people from tonight? Yes, sir. Will Jesus be your message? Yes, sir. Exalt Jesus with not the division that is amongst us. Paul said, I don't want to hear anything about, about us. Don't carry your doctrine beyond Jesus Christ. Did you hear what I said? Yes, sir. Will you speak three minutes with me on campus? Are you sure? Yes, sir. Don't carry your doctrine beyond what? Jesus. Make sure everything you do in your fellowship stems from Jesus. Don't bring a thing to the fellowship that is not Jesus. Because there are pollutions on I mean, all around us now. Anybody just want to do anything they like this. Praise the name of the Lord. Preach Jesus and make his heart. And your mind will not be necessary. Jesus only is our message. Jesus only is our message. Jesus only is our message. The first question you're going to ask yourself is this What has been your message before now? What have you cherished? What do you carry? Are you peddling all manners of things all because you want to attract the crowd? There are fellowships that are doing all manners of things all because they want to make sure that crowds are coming. Including doing error. What is your message? You need to put yourself of anything that is not of Jesus tonight. That is the reason for this retreat. Begin to put yourself on it. Begin to speak to the Lord and say, God, God, I don't know what I've been preaching before now, but God, I want you to help me. What have you been preaching before now? What have you been preaching before now? Jesus only must be your message. 
your focus, your mind must be right. It must be with the mind of not affecting the gospel, but giving the people what exactly what God wants. Your message must be in the sight of God, not in the sight of men. That should be your message. That should be your mindset. That if God comes now and asks me to account, what kind of account am I going to do? I want to leave you with this tonight. Think about it. And the Lord will bless you. The grace of God will be sufficient for you. Hear this. Jesus only is our message. And if we preach Jesus and Him crucified, the light will shine in darkness. People's lives will be turned around. Even you, your own life will not remain the same. You will be transfigured from one level of glory to another one. As you put your focus on Christ Jesus, as you put your mind on Christ, not exalting anything. In fact, I dare say, not exalting the doctrines of your church beyond the message of Jesus. We will see revival on that campus. Yes, sir. I leave you today with this one. God is the best.